My name is James. And this is a story about how I made my first friend in New England. Mid-1990s, well, I left my home in Los Angeles of many years to move to New Hampshire to go to law school, a state I'd never even visited. I don't know a single person in the entire state. Law school doesn't begin until August, and because I'm the type of person who does everything early, I get there in May. Well, there really isn't much in New Hampshire except for trees and trees and trees. So one day I'm walking around and I'm looking at the trees and the birds and I'm eating tortilla chips, which is something that I enjoy doing. And I start to choke. And now I'm running around the forest of New Hampshire, throwing myself against boulders and trees, trying to dislodge this tortilla chip and panicking. And I finally, I spit it out and I say, I need a friend. <laughs> so I go to Boston and I find some community papers and I look for some sort of club to join. And I find one the Boston Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgendered Scuba Club. Well, I don't know why you think that's funny. Underwater adventures are a very big thing within the LGBT community. Well, it turns out that this uh, dive club is going to have a shark cage dive off of the coast of Rhode Island in two days. I think, well, this is perfect because I scuba dive and I've always wanted to go on a shark cage dive and now I can make some friends. I'm multitasking. That was a new word in the mid-90s. Multitasking. I'm synergizing. That was another new word. I, I'm multitasking and synergizing. I'm practically a lawyer already. So I make a call, I buy a map, I drive half the night, I arrive at this boat dock on the coast of Rhode Island, and, and it's still dark out, and the fog is very thick, and the birds are going, caw, caw, caw. And there's this big boat, sort of like a deadliest catch fishing boat, with a shark cage on it. And at the end of the dock, about a dozen men and women are with their scuba equipment. Well, I go down and I introduce myself, and they're all very nice people, but the fact is, well, they're already all friends, so they have plenty of things to talk about that don't involve me. So I go up on this boat, and I start to take a look at this, uh, this shark cage. Well, it's about 10 feet tall, and it's about this wide over here, and it's maybe this wide, this way, just big enough for two people, and it's got red buoys, great big red buoys on, on each corner to keep it floating on the surface, and, and an escape hatch on the top, and, and over here there's a door with a, a very complicated lock, you know, because the fish are tricky with the locks, and um, <laughs> so I go inside the cage, and I practice with the lock, and... Well, other than the large hole right in the front of it, it seems perfectly safe. Well, people begin sitting up their equipment, and then finally uh, someone says, uh, Hey, Mike, Mike is the leader of the group, Hey, Mike, it looks like everyone's here. Why don't we get started? And Mike says, Well, everyone but Meg. And suddenly the boat gets very quiet, and the fog gets very thick, and the birds go, Come on, and they fly off. And I'm thinking, who is this Meg person that everyone is so concerned about? Obviously, there's a lot of tension in the room. This Meg person is some sort of very big deal. But I think, well, you know what? I'm the new person. It's not really my place to ask who the Meg person is. I'll just wait and see what happens. And finally, somebody says, Oh, Mike, does Meg know 
that this is going to be a mixed group? He says, I don't know. Why don't you ask yourself? Here she comes now. Boom, boom, boom. You can hear Matt coming through the fog, and the fog gets really thick, and the birds fly off. Ha, ha. Some of the birds have come back in the interim, but now they, they fly off again. Ha, 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 ha. And the fog is right there, and then boom, boom, and Meg appears through the fog. She's taller than I am, curly red hair, white feet no bra. She got a big shark knife, black neoprene pants, steel toe boots. She got a cigarello out of her mouth, and on either shoulder, she's got a big steel air tank. I mean, at this point, all she really needs is an eye patch and a parrot, and she'd be a pirate. And Meg takes a look at the group, and then her eyes land on me in the cage, and she says... I thought this was gonna be a girly boat. Well, I did not know what to do. I completely panicked. I freaked. I curtsied. Milady? <clears throat> well, the boat starts sailing, and the issue of chum comes up. They need two volunteers to make chum. Meg says, I'm gonna make chum. And now they need a volunteer to make chum with Meg. And all the eyes land on the new guy. So I say, okay, I'll make chum with Meg. Well, here's the deal with chum. Basically, you've got two garbage cans. One is filled with freshly dead fish. And the other one is empty except for a shovel. Well, one person, that is Meg, scoops the dead fish into the other bucket of the garbage can. And, and I start chopping it up like this until finally you get, like, well, gazpacho is what you get. You get finally, you get gazpacho. And the boat is rocking, it's hot, and fish guts are flying up on me. And now really nobody wants to talk to the new guy, because now I smell like fish guts. And if I even start to swoon a little bit, Meg goes... <laughs> Maybe two hours go by, and the captain drops anchor, and then Meg starts scooping the chum into the water. She's scooping. And everybody takes a position on the boat. And we look for a, for, a, for a sign of a shark. There's no guarantee you're even going to see a shark. You just got to maybe hope that one appears. And after about a half hour, a fin pops out of the water. And everyone goes, yay! And then another fin pops out of the water here. And everyone goes, yay! And then another one, another one, another one. And finally, the water is just filled with shark fins. Well, Meg and the captain, they pick up that shark cage. And they take it and they throw it off the side of the boat. And then the captain starts letting out this rope. And the shark cage floats off about 100 feet. And someone says, well, wh what's that about? And the captain is a guy with like a weak chin and a mullet and an Iron Maiden t-shirt says, well, I didn't want the cage to scratch the paint on the boot, so... So the deal is we got to swim 100 feet out to the cage. Well, somebody says, well, what if the sharks get aggressive? He goes, okay, everybody take a stick. And he gets this bucket full of sticks, and he gives everybody one. And they're about two feet long, and they got a little wristband on one end. And then on the other end of the stick is a little tiny kind of soft nail. And he says, all right, here's what you do. If a shark gets aggressive, take your hand out of the wristband gently push against the shark with the blunt end of the stick. And if that doesn't work, go ahead and poke it with a nail. <laughs> poke the shark with a nail.
know, someone says, well, who's gonna volunteer to go first? Meg says, I'm going first. And she straps her gear on, she pulls her mask on. She does a backflip off the boat, she swims out, we follow her bubbles, she gets into the cage, we wait, we wait, we wait. And after a few minutes, she opens up the escape hatch, she leads out and she says, there's a whole lot of sharks in here. Well, Meg comes back and people start going out two by two and they're in there for about an hour and Meg is throwing the chum around the cage so the sharks are circling fast. And these are Atlantic blue sharks, about 6 to 12 feet, 450 pounds, and they're totally shark-like with the eyes on either side of the head and the big teeth. <laughs> and they're swimming around the cage. Well, it becomes evident that I am going to be one of the last teams picked to go out on the boat. And at about three o'clock, when all the chum is gone and the water is filled with hungry sharks, I'm partnered up with this tiny little woman named Cindy. Well, she's a very nice woman. You know, she works in an L.L. Bean factory. And, uh, but she's, she's tiny and she's elderly and she doesn't seem like she can be much help in an emergency. <laughs> Whatever. They give us our sticks and we jump in the water. And we're swimming out to the boat. We're swimming out to the cage. And we're trying not to look at all the sharks. We're going around going, a chum, 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 chum. Who got chum? Got chum, 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 chum. And, we, and we, get to the, we get to the cage and I open that lock. And then I lock it in, which is a really good idea. Because right away there's all these little fish going, let us in, let us in, let us in, let us in, let us in. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. Well, you know how I mentioned that hole in the cage? Well, that's for video equipment. So you can hang your National Geographic video equipment out of the hole and film the sharks. We don't have video equipment, we just have a hole. And a lot of hungry sharks with no chum. And then this one sort of long, skinny shark swims into the hole and it gets stuck right behind his neck or where his neck would be a shark has next. And it's looking at me like a meth addict, like, you got some fish, you holding any fish? Some fish, some fish. You got fish, you got chum, you got something, you're holding something, you got chum, you got, you got something there. And Cindy's in the corner of the cage, like holding her, holding her stick. I'm like, well, we can't just be here with like half a shark in the cage. We got to do something. She's not going to do anything. So I take my stick off. I tie the wristband to the side of the cage. And then I sort of very gently press against the shark until it pops out. It's like, ah, ah, chum, chum. Suddenly I hear a noise. And I look down and my regulator is almost completely out of air. Well, I guess the excitement of swimming out to the shark cage and pushing the shark and everything, I've gone through my entire tank of air in about 10 minutes. I've got to go back to the boat. I look at Cindy's regulator, she's got 3,000 pounds of air. She's tiny, she can stay here all night. She's not going anywhere. So I reach for my stick and I see that my stick has come untethered from the side of the cage. And now it's on the surface of the water floating off toward Italy or wherever sticks go when they want to be free. I don't know, but it's way out of my reach. So I try to pantomime to Cindy. You give me your stick. I'll swim back to the boat, get two sticks, give you one. Cindy goes. <laughs> so I'm going back without a stick. I exit the cage and I begin swimming back to the boat. And I'm trying not to look at the sharks. 
Now here's a little fact about sharks. They're attracted to shiny objects like the weights around our waist and the ladders on the boat. And right now there's one very large shark trying to rip the ladder off of the boat with its teeth. I pause. And my tank is going So I know I've got to get back to the boat, right? Well, the shark sees me and it spits out the ladder. And then it turns and it swims in the other direction. So I start swimming toward the boat, but it turns out the shark hasn't left. It's just making a U-turn under the boat. And now it's coming toward me and I see its fin is out of the water. And I'm praying that somebody on the boat will see this and at least pull my lifeless torso out of the water. Because these people don't know me. They could just be like, oh, I don't know. You know, we parked his car and he never showed up. We don't know what happened to him. We never saw him again. And it keeps coming and coming and coming until finally we are nose to snout. So I do the thing they tell you to do on National Geographic if you're ever nose to snout with a shark. I make the biggest fist I can. I punch it in the face as hard as I can. And from over the shark freezes and it goes, oh! And it swims away and all the other sharks are like, OMG. He like totally just wanted some fish. Well, I, look, I stick my head out of the water to see if anybody has witnessed this. And the one person on the boat who has seen it is Meg. And she's leaning over the railing with her wife beater covered with fish guts and she's got her cigarello. And she leans over the railing and she says, yeah. <laughs> so I swim back as fast as I can. Meg grabs me by the tank. She pulls me out of the water. She throws her arm around my neck and she says, this guy just punched a shark. This guy, this guy right here just punched a shark. This guy just punched a shark. Open your mouth. She takes a beer bottle. She bites the tub up. She starts pouring it down my throat. And now the captain is pulling the cage back to the boat with Sydney still in it going like this. And then they get the cage back on the boat. They turn the boat around and head back to Rhode Island. Meg throws her arm around my shoulders. And that's how I made my first friend in New England. James Judd, ladies and gentlemen. James Judd. Now, you must, you must see the video of James Judd's crazy, ridiculous performance at Snap Live in L.A. See for yourself how it all went down. Visit us at snapjudgment.org. 